0: Friends, welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to share my take on a couple of the, let's just say, uh, big trending topics that has been happening recently um, all over the marketing world. Uh, every And it's interesting for me because it's always fun to, to hear someone's initial opinion. Someone will post on Twitter. Someone will bash something. Someone will you know say it's an overreaction. And then once they realize that it has some virality to it and people are talking about it, then they'll jump all over it and change their opinion and stuff. So this is something that I've learned uh, over the years of doing this podcast, and I really do appreciate you guys for kind of uh, always supporting me and and kind of uh, talking to me, (laughs) telling me what you guys like, as you always uh, kind of remind me that, Brian, you like to hear my opinion on things, even if... Uh, everyone else is already talking about it. You're curious what my thoughts are on the topic, what I'm, uh, what where I, I stand. So, uh, the first one I want to talk about is the the Cyber Truck that uh, Elon Musk uh, rolled out. And, and it's funny because uh, I've read a couple articles. Um, I read I read a really bad bias article on uh, Gizmodo um, where someone, I mean, the guy just the person that wrote it just apparently hates. Uh, Elon Musk hates innovation, hates anybody that makes money from working hard. Um, it was just an actual horrible article, but I digress. Um, but you know, I I think you have to be living under a rock, um, which is actually probably part of the coolest thing is the two topics I'm going to talk about right now, you know, take it for what you wish as far as the ad, the marketing, the, the rolling out of the product. Um, even the, 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 you know, no news is bad news or all news is good news, all that kind of concept. Um, I mean, the Cybertruck came out, and it was nothing like anyone thought it was going to be. It looked nothing like what anyone thought it was going to be. Of course, it has all the crazy design all over it. Um, Elon talked about it being kind of like bulletproof. Uh, they hit it with a sledgehammer. Then they took a, a metallic ball and threw it at the window. And, of course, the windows crashed or cracked. Um, they didn't break through the windows. Uh, it, this was the only um, prototype of that uh, of the vehicle. So, um, and of course, everyone kind of freaked out and like, "Oh my God, Elon Musk is a, a hot mess." Um, he tweeted out like the next day and was like, "Well, I guess the the memes are doing the marketing for me." And then over the, the last couple of weeks since the release of Cybertruck, uh, I heard you know uh, Elon has actually drove it to. Uh, Nobu in LA. Uh, He left the restaurant apparently and ran over like a road sign. Um, I've been seeing on TikTok people that are seeing the Cybertruck on the side of the road and uh, taking videos and pictures of it. uh, People going out of the way. I mean, every YouTuber that I know uh, that has a big following has uh, gone out of their way to find a way to incorporate the Cybertruck in their their content, even to go visit the Cybertruck itself. And you know what I thought of when I first saw it was hell yes. And for me, you know, I I call myself a change evangelist and it doesn't mean, you know, I, some change for me is hard changing some of my habits or my procedures are hard, but I love drastic change, even if it doesn't do anything but polarize or isn't something that is just drastically not what people expect. Because I think when you provide something that is so unexpected you get a lot of instant reactions. You get a lot of true, um, let's say, people's you know expert opinions. But at the same time, you start a conversation around in ways that really no one else is doing. And I, and I think this is the marketing lesson in, in a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. Is I don't care if you like the design of the Cybertruck or not. The fact of the matter is they could have easily rolled out a cyber uh, a truck a tesla truck that looked like you know the the shape the same like you know body lines of the tesla um but in truck form uh of course they could have done you know they could, have, they could have done a lot of things that we could have done to be expected and but at this if they would have done that the same people would have bashed them for not innovating i mean think about it from apple like every time apple doesn't innovate the iphone um, drastically enough, people are like, "Oh God, why are they even upgrading?" Apple's lost their innovation. Uh, Apple doesn't change. Steve Jobs is going to rolling over in his grave. Tim Tim Cook is a fraud. And then all of a sudden, they roll it out, and you have no more headphones, and you have a new charger port, and everything has changed. And then the same people are like, "Oh my God, they changed for no reason." Now they want us to have dongles, and now they you know so like there's there's a point to, to me. I, I think there's a, there's a there's a piece here where. If you're the innovator, if you're the front runner, if you're doing things that no one else is willing to do and if you're also out there on the bleeding edge, there is almost way there is more benefit in doing something drastically crazy and stupid that no one expected than there is delivering what everyone uh, was expecting or what everyone really wanted. I mean the buzz around the Cybertruck, the amount of conversations I had conversation in a subway, I had conversations at an airplane, I've had conversations with both of my brothers. I've had numerous text messages with like 10 or 15 people about, hey Brian, would you buy the cyber truck? What do you think of the Cybertruck? I can't believe that you know it looks like back to the future, all of these things. And to me it's hilarious because if if elon would have taken the safe route if if tesla would have rolled out what we expected which they you never know the next the cyber truck might be like the exception to the rule and then all of a sudden next year they're going to roll out um you know the tesla truck and it's going to be more like a ford explorer meets test tech you know meets a tesla or whatever it may be but i think there's so much to be said in this idea of shock and awe in such a way that says you know what no one would have expected the iPhone to have no button on the phone. Like when the, when the, when they took the button off the front of the iPhone, people kept calling for it the death of the iPhone. Android's going to take it over. What the hell are they thinking? They're idiots. Every phone needs a button. Now when I see a button on a phone, I'm like, that's the stupidest thing ever. I mean, like, I'm like, why do you need a button? Like, don't you just swipe? Isn't a, a touch screen for a reason? Like, why would you not have the interactions touch touch screenable. I guess if that's a word. And so for me, the buzz around the Cybertruck weeks after the Cybertruck was released is worth way more than he could have imagined. Not to mention the amount of pre-orders I think is in the 200,000 people have pre-ordered a Cybertruck, which means it's like some billions of dollars in uh, pre-orders. But I think for me, what I wanted to share on my take on this is that I believe as we you know nothing is brand new these days, right? Everything is we're reinventing something else, and oftentimes we have to decide when we're trying something new. Do we try something new and gently roll it out, or do we try new, something you know completely different but kind of educate the masses, or do we kind of try you know, put it out there and do something completely different and let everybody else catch up to us? And I'm a big believer in the power of putting something out there, trying something new and doing it in ways that no one else would have thought of, right? Like even this podcast for me, like, when everyone heard, when, when people were like, Brian, you're finally going to do a podcast. Yeah. Every single person expected for me to do an interview podcast. Everyone expected me to do an interview podcast because I have a great network of people and I love being a guest on podcasts, but I was kind of like in this mood where I was like, you know what? I want to do a solo podcast because then I don't have to worry about other people's schedules. And I know that everyone's kind of expecting me to do a, an interview podcast and I don't want to do an interview podcast until I'm ready to do an interview podcast And I think, you know, that's a small, you know, um, you know, version of this, but I think in our businesses today, if you're doing like, why not just go all in, do something so drastically different that it it confuses and shocks people, but it makes people have that conversation because yes, the failure is probably higher. But the, the, the ramp to success is drastically steeper. I mean, the idea of, you know, driving buzz and conversation. I mean, how do you stand out in this world? Like, really, if if they would have rolled out the truck that we all expected, the I would not be talking about it on a podcast. We sure as hell wouldn't be talking about it the next day, right? And I think that's something, you know, like, so important to talk about. And I think this goes into the second, uh, you know, I wanted to share my take on the Peloton ad. And, 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 let, and for those that don't realize it, I mean, I remember reading an article back in February of 2019 and then an article back in August of 2019, where people were talking about, they were mocking, you know, all over Twitter, people were breaking down all the Peloton ads and how like people had them in the, they, they designed these special rooms and they created, you know, they, they took their, their Peloton to Paris because in one of the ads, it shows the Eiffel tower and you, why would you ride a bike um, with the Eiffel tower on the outside I kind of look at what Peloton has done is the idea of innovating a stationary bike is boring as hell. The idea of making a stationary bike that has like a, a, a iPad attached to it and has people, has a trainer kind of talking to you through it, eh, it kind of seems like uh, that's not really that exciting. I mean, I've seen that in the gym forever. Like, But if you want to create a cult following around something and you want to to kind of change it up, part of the, the thing that you're doing is, you're going to present the the things in a different way. And for everyone that's bashing the way that things are going on, and I'll bring up the current ad where um, it is very, is rather sexist and a little bit uh, different uh, on that side. But I think overall what Peloton, in my opinion, has done has taken an exercise utility piece of equipment that's been around for forever that nobody thought was sexy or cool you know, like if you if i would have told you that you, that a company was going to build a cult following around an exercise bike a year ago, two years ago, you have been like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Then I would have told you that it's a, it's a fairly expensive piece uh, of equipment. Uh, you would have said that there's no way that's going to be successful. Yet they have done that, right? And so I think part of what, what this culture is, that you know, we have a culture right now that if it's not doing it the way that we expected to do it, then we bash it. But at the same time, the reason for a lot of the success for brands like a Peloton is because they are doing it differently. They are, you know, they they have taken things to the next level. They've, you know, I remember when I first heard my friends were on his Peloton bike and they were sharing their, you know, I was in a, uh, in a mastermind. And they were sharing their workouts in this uh, on this bike, and I was laughing. I'm like, "Wow, Fitbit's making a comeback, right?" Because I remember like when I first got a Fitbit, and I could share my workout with my friends, or I could tweet out my workout. Um, that that was such a cool thing. But like, I didn't look at like the Peloton bike for what it was, right? And then all of a sudden, the more people started talking about it, and man, the, it's kind of like you know those <laughs> nothing against those people that are vegetarian or vegan. You know I, how you don't know a person is vegan is because they will tell you. All day, every day. How do you know someone is part of the Peloton community? Is because they'll talk about it all day, every day. And to me, there's such a beauty and a power in that. And so, if the fact that their ads caused so much buzz and people were mocking them, like the people that were mocking the Peloton ad, uh, you know, the, the earlier ads, I would love to ask, like, when's the last time you spent $3,000 on a piece of exercise equipment? Like, If you are saying like this is the dumbest thing ever, yet you are not the target demo and someone that would never spend money on this to begin with, like, uh, sure, glad you have an opinion. I don't think they care that you're not going to be part of their community. Now I will tell you the most recent ad that rolled out with, uh, the Christmas ad where, um, the, the, the couple, the, the, the wife and husband, you know, the wife, uh, got the Peloton last year for Christmas and she's like a size five maybe. Um, and she's like stressing out about working out on the bike I mean, we've all seen it, right? I mean, my mom messaged me about the Peloton ad. That's how I knew that it hit mainstream. And I mean, the the ad has got a lot of pushback and, you know, even the for me, like the funny thing was the pushback was about a skinny girl needing to work, to get worked out. And the, the fact that the husband was a dick for buying her a bike and then guilt tripping her into using it, um, you know, portraying the husband that way to me was also kind of a smack in the face. Like not all husband, you know, it's, it's, it's like some of the dad commercials that are out there where the dad buys the toy and the kid's like, I don't like this. And then the mom buys a toy that is what, like exactly what the kid wants. And I'm like, Oh, really? All dads are disconnected and don't know what their kids want? Like, screw you. That's not true. But at the same time, like, that's just kind of how you know. Like, I, I think we, we're living in this world where we get bent out of shape about way too much, and we are in this like big brother, cult, you know, corrective culture of always judging people and getting mad about stuff that really we shouldn't getting mad about. But I think you know there was. There was something wrong in that ad, and and especially in the sense of um, the idea, just that you know, you know, in this world where we're telling people that like this is the ideal body weight and this is the ideal couple and uh, and that kind of thing. There was a little bit, you know, to me that was definitely you know not a not didn't reach the the gift that gives back mantra of Peloton. But remember, as I said just a couple minutes ago, Peloton's ads have been diverse. disruptive and caused a lot of mocking and memes and people to make fun of it yet the growth of the brand the growth of the cult to me is only taking off is only going faster and so part of it comes down to if it doesn't piss off your existing customers and it gets on the radar of people that had no idea that what peloton was like my mom i think it's a success right and then uh, kudos to the man Ryan Reynolds uh, with aviator aviation gin um, within 24 hours hiring the same actress uh, apparently he paid like a hundred thousand um, dollars for this. Uh, this ad the, the, to record this video where he took the, the girl from the lady from uh, the Peloton ad and then put her at the bar and almost made it as if, like, we, you know, and it was her, the real person. And we all felt bad for her because, you know, she's the one that's been being mocked by everything that's been going on. And, you know, Ryan, you know, Ryan, you know, just said, you know, his tweet was beautiful because he said, uh, exercise bike not included. And actually, something that, that most people didn't realize, he uploaded that from his mobile phone, because if you look at it, it says the tweet was posted from uh, Twitter on your iPhone. How funny is it that the ad got created in 24 hours, someone messaged it to him, and the way that he put it out, because Ryan is the founder or CEO of uh, uh, Aviation Gin, Ryan put out the ad on his Twitter account. I believe last time I checked it it had like 19 million views uh, on, on Twitter, on, on Instagram. It's over 500,000 likes. Um, And it simply just said his, his caption was simply exercise bike, not included. Right. And, And, and talking about real time marketing, this is just beautifully done. and, Unfortunately, people are going to focus on like marketers being copycats because we know that's how marketers are going to do it. Um, We saw it with like the the taped banana to the wall. uh, The fact that the um, the art was (laughs) the art got sold for you know someone that taped a banana to the wall, and all these brands just started taping their product to the wall. I mean, copycat marketing is the world we live in. I don't I don't don't really I, I laugh at it because. You know, yes, it's cool to jump on a trend, but at the same time, if you're not taking the trend and doing it in a uh, unique way, you just become the exhaust of the person that jumped on it first. But I tell you what, like, I think if I, I look at all of this all around, I think Peloton is still winning after this ad was run because the conversation and their, their cult is not anywhere less. Um, using the bike and it's still an exercise bike that has a cult following that we're talking about. The fact we're even talking about an exercise bike as being innovators or creating a, a, a new community is to me is fascinating. I think aviation gin with what Ryan Reynolds uh, has done is genius and beautifully done on how you can really take real time marketing, throw some really good money at it and put something out that will capture attention. Um, I think is also uh, genius. It's also genius because the, in the, Aviation gin ad he didn't go over the top. He didn't like put a bike in the background. He didn't Put like, you know mock peloton like directly in the the ad itself rather it, You it made it implied that you would realize that it was the peloton girl And then it made it implied that you realized why they the her, her and her two friends at the bar were commiserating with her And I think there's something beautiful today in the copycat marketing world. And I think TikTok, which uh, the next podcast episode you guys will listen to uh, will be my, my review after one year, a little over a year studying TikTok uh, from a marketer's perspective, not as a creator, but more as a marketer. Um, You're going to hear me talk a little bit about this idea where what's beautiful on TikTok is the idea that there are, there's a song or a dance that is trending. And then what happens is there's 20,000, 200,000, 2 million people using the exact same audio but putting their own spin on it. And if we think about that as marketers, it's not about copycatting someone else. Rather, it's about capturing attention by putting our own brand spin. Like, I actually think Peloton believe it or not in my opinion because all of their previous ads were a little bit far-fetched a little bit diversive a little bit um, you know, um, very uh, elitist If I guess if you could say that I, I think that ad just kind of fit in with them and they got value out of the fact that they got all this publicity of people bashing it and I think Aviation Gin did an amazing job of jumping on that trend and I will give credit to, to Elon Musk on jumping on putting out the Cybertruck in a way that wasn't a copycat of every other innovative truck that we expected it to be and it was you know unique and and even the fact that you know like I would love to believe that we'll find out one day that they knew the windows were probably going to crack and that it would create enough buzz the fact that it failed right I think sometimes beautiful failures on something that people don't know how to react to yet allow the failure to be just as exciting to talk about as the new product I mean I would argue that just as many people were talking about, would you buy the Cybertruck as they were, could you believe that when they tested it on the live stage that it broke, right? And you actually got double bang for your buck, pun intended. And I think for us as marketers, for us when we're putting out our products, there is something to be said about doubling down and getting the most out of what you're doing. And one last shout out for Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds recently had a commercial come out and it was a commercial promoting His uh, new movie, but at the same time had himself and his gin that he owns um, was in the actual uh, commercial as well. Uh, Mark my words, this idea of brand collaborations within advertising, within video creation is going to take off. The idea of not just putting out an ad for an iPhone, but making it a T-Mobile ad and making it a Tesla ad and showing someone in their new Tesla controlling their their new feature on their iPhone, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, and they're glad that they have AT&T as service. Doing an ad with all three of those companies being behind it, all three of those companies getting value out of it, I believe is where we are going. I believe it's no longer going to be about, I'm better than them, rather, how do I come collaborate for what users are using. And I think Ryan Reynolds, again, kudos to you, my friend, Deadpool, the man, the myth um, has done some amazing things with not only Aviator, uh, Aviation Gin, but um, you know the other things that are, that are out there as far as collaboration marketing, jumping on a trend and really um, knowing when it makes sense to do this and when it doesn't. So that's my take on the Cybertruck as well as the Peloton ad, as well as Aviation Gin. I'm going to be doing leagues a little bit more often um, in the near future where I'm just going to share my take, my view on a topic. I uh, don't feel like you have to listen to it if you don't care about my top, my take on it or you're sick of, the, of what's been uh, being said about it. But um, I feel like this is a, a fun way for me to share just kind of maybe a unique view or maybe... Uh, can, kind of summarize what some of you might be thinking because I'm a big believer in like change happens. I think we we complain way too much. I think we overreact way too much. I think we are way too sensitive. But at the same time, I think we um, we deserve all of that because we had a culture that was doing things they shouldn't be doing, and we are letting things get away with for too long. So we have to overcorrect to bring the baseline back to normal. And I'm just one that tries to share what my normal take is on, on these things. And I can tell you um, I'll be including some of this stuff in a future keynote about uh, upcoming trends. Cause I, I do believe it's much more than just the Peloton ad or the cyber truck windows breaking or aviation gin jumping on the trend. Rather, I think of it as advertising marketing and content creation and personal branding all coming to a simple point of collaboration and community and we're living in exciting times i've been calling it for years and we're finally seeing it happen for brian fans i social fans thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of FOMO fans till next time my friends make it a good one cheers